Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Good morning! Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's time to wake up. It's five, and we're live. Oh, is this thing on? I don't care. I want him to hear. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Come on! Yes, sir! Hello, family. <laughs> Stephen Lightford in with you, 95.7 The Game, leading up until 6 o'clock as the morning roast will take you until 10. What happened when I was gone? Haven't been here since, uh, what, since last Thursday? What, the Giants won 3 of 4 against the Rockies? <laughs> Trey Lance has a debut that I think... I don't know if I've seen a more polarizing debut than that of Trey Lance, and I do want to uh, I do want to share my thoughts on that uh, and and how well he played and how he looked in Week One of the preseason against the Kansas Kansas City Chiefs. So I do want to get into that today. John Lynch, he was on the Tim Kawakami podcast, the TK Show, part of the Athletic Network. Uh, we'll get to some sound from 49ers GM John Lynch because he said that Trey Lance, he still needs to see some more from him in the next couple of weeks as preseason continued. But it's just uh, good to be back. And you know what? It was great to watch a little San Francisco Giants baseball as they have a huge next month or so coming up worth of games. And again, taking three or four from the Rockies, that was huge because even though they are a lesser team, you need to win those ball games as you are heading into a few series against possible playoff teams within the National League. And last night was a hit parade for the Giants. Hit well to center field. Nimmo back, still going back. And goodbye! Over the center field wall, and the Giants jump back ahead. Chris Bryant goes deep. And that was in the bottom of the fifth. Credit to NBC Sports Bay Area for that audio. That was one of the two home runs hit by the Giants yesterday. But as the game started off in the first three innings into a little bit of a pitcher's duel, Rich Hill... I had no idea he was a Met. Had no idea he was a Met. There are some of those guys when, you know, look, I'm a baseball fan, and I try and pay attention as much as possible. I haven't watched a ton of Mets baseball this year. They are a 500 ball club as of right now at 59 and 59. But I had no idea that Rich Hill was a Met. And at the beginning of the game, you could tell Mike Kruko, considering he played later on in his uh, in his career, pretty late into his you know into his late thirties, into his early forties, you know Kruko has an affinity toward these pitchers. And Rich Hill, he gave me an appreciation for Rich Hill at the beginning of the game. When he's talking about, 
how he uses his curveball, the fact that that's his money pitch in the midst of an era where every pitcher is throwing in the mid in the mid to late nineties. Rich Hill barely even able to reach ninety miles an hour, still doing it uh, into his late thirties. Like I, I was, I gained a new appreciation for Rich Hill when I saw him still on the mound, even though he has been a journeyman and just rejuvenated his career when he was with the A's and had the time with the Dodgers and had his time with the Tampa Bay Rays, but it was a pitcher's duel up until that point, and the Giants got going uh, after uh, you know Darren Ruff ended up hitting Posey home in the fourth inning, and there was that whole hullabaloo over at first, and that's the only time that anyone has said hullabaloo in the history of radio in 2021. I can guarantee you that. But then Wilmer Flores continued to score, and they made it 2 nothing in the fourth, and then the Mets came back in the fifth, and that's when things started to get uh, a little dicey there for Kevin Gosman, and that would end up being the end of his night, uh, giving up the three earned runs. And I thought Gosman, though, I thought he looked great. His fastball, it had that life back to it. It was going 96, 97 miles an hour. I thought he was locating it really well, getting it to his spots up in the right. Uh, 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 in the, he has this pitch. At least this location where he gets it high and inside. And that ball, if you're a left-handed hitter and it looks like it's coming right at you and then it dro- and you're expecting it to be possibly the splitter, but instead it's his fastball and somehow he's able to locate it high and inside and do it for strikes and do it at 96, 97 miles an hour. It's a deadly pitch, but I thought his fastball was looking good. I thought it had a lot of life to it. And then his splitter, as we have been talking about since that time off where... You know, we're wondering what's going on with Gosman. Is it, you know, the, the, taking the time off to spend it with his family? Really, since the All-Star break, we've been wondering what's been going on with Gosman. But game by game, it seems like that splitter has started to come back to life. And I thought you saw that, uh, in the first few winnings, but, the Mets, they have a, they have a pretty damn good lineup. They, I, I believe they do. You know, the, the numbers don't always show for it, but when your one through five guys are Brandon Nimmo, Michael Conforto, Pete Alonzo, Dominic Smith, and Jeff McNeil, I, I do think that you are in pretty good hands if you are, uh, the New York Mets and you're seeing that lineup. And that's when it, what ended up happening to Kevin Gosman in this game. But I thought he gave you five. Five strong innings. He struck out seven uh, in this one. But after the scoring onslaught in the fifth inning, it was the six. It was uh, it was Chris Bryant who opens things up, makes things four to three, and then in the seventh inning, Brandon Belt comes in as a pinch hitter and does this. It's that one hard to center field. Nimmo going back all the way back. It's gone. Pinch hit home run. Not quiet. His 16th of the year, five to three Giants, four twenty-two. And before we get to these pinch hitting numbers for the Giants, the following pitch, Chris Bryant does it again. It's the beautiful Brandon Belt swing there. Now Chris Bryant, who he launches one deep left. Giants go back to back. Chris Bryant, his second of the night, on the very next pitch, six to three. I mean, it was just nonstop. They made it six to three, and then Brandon Crawford would follow up with the RBI triple after Evan Longoria gets on base. And before we get to what Chris Bryant had to say regarding this lineup, because he said something after the game, which I I did find interesting and something that we just don't take into account, and really something that we haven't seen from the Giants lineup in man. I mean, you could you could make the case we haven't seen this in the in at least this type of lineup in the entirety of those playoff series. But Chris Bryant did say something uh, that I do want to get to. But Brandon Belt, man, comes in as a pinch hitter, gets the home run. The Giants are currently meeting, leading Major League Baseball in 
pinch hit home runs. They have 12 so far on the season. The next best team, the Rockies, who have eight, and then the Braves, who have eight, who eventually you're going to be seeing uh, in a few series down the line. But, man, 12 home runs, 33 RBIs overall for pinch hitters. And whenever Gabe Kapler's making these moves, it feels like he's making all the right moves. I mean, this man... I don't think there are a lot of other managers who make these switches the way that he does because he will bring in a pinch hitter for a guy on defense because there's so much depth, a.k.a. bringing in Alex Dickerson in for Austin Slater early on in the game and using that number one slot as the pitcher's slot for a majority of the game. And that way, you'd have the pinch hitter, whoever it is. Then next up would be Chris Bryant. But Brandon Belt entered in that number one spot and hit that home run. And it was the dagger of the game, really, because it ended up being six to three and then Brandon Crawford just continuing to dig that dagger in making it seven to three Giants but this lineup and what they've showed here's what Chris Bryant had to say after the game and this is something that I don't think we've seen with the lineups in this previous decade I feel like the one word that keeps one of mind when, when I think of this is just like contagious I feel like you know the at-bats are always quality and you know you just don't want to be the guy that doesn't continue that for the team so you know it's a contagious approach where you know we're working the ball through the middle we're not letting the starter you know steal strikes from the very first pitch we're ready to go right when right when the right when the bell rings we're ready to go and um, it's really fun to be a part of and it's not just getting these hits in timely situations it's not just lucky hits that are you know coming in one run games when they need it the most it just feels like when they get on top and it feels like they've been doing this a lot of the season when they get a lead they just continue to add and add to it it's not that they're getting out of jams. They're winning these games handily. Now, I know Tyler Rogers ended up giving up that home run to VR uh, 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 in the game. And, you know, he, was, he did it on a high and inside slider. And Gabe Kapler actually spoke after the game and said that it was the first time that he'd given up a, uh, a slider like that to a left-handed hitter. And Villar just put a, a good swing on it. And that happened in the eighth inning. But luckily... They'd hit so damn much that it didn't even matter. And when Chris Bryant says this lineup is contagious, it's not only that, but there's so much competition to go around. It is very different for the Giants this year in that there's so much depth with... Chris Bryant, Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, I've barely even mentioned him going four for four, putting his batting average up to 306. Didn't think that the Giants would have two 300 hitters on the team. And when you're in a time in baseball when uh, batting averages are down among the league, you don't have that many 300 hitters on one team. But the Giants have two of them so far. Evan Longoria came back. He was one for three in this game. You know that he made an impact there. Darren Ruff has been pretty damn good this season. Lamont Wade. Brandon Belt again, Donovan Solano, he's a little more up and down. Wilmer Flores has kind of remained in that 250-260 range a lot of the season, but they're just so deep in the at-bats that they take. They don't waste a lot of at-bats, which we've seen a lot of these past few years. I've seen a lot of wasted at-bats with these Giants team, and you're not getting that this year. Uh, You're getting a lot of quality at-bats, and I think Chris Bryant said it best, man. It is contagious. If you get your shot, if you get your chance, you don't want to screw it up just because of how deep this team is. And I think that that's the contagious part that Chris Bryant is talking about, and that permeates through the entire lineup. And that's what showed last night. Now, will they do it again tonight against the Mets? We'll see. But the fact that they got 77 wins on the season and they are just cruising right now as Logan Webb is going to be going up against an 8-11 and with a 2.79 ERA and Marcus Stroman. Logan Webb has been red hot lately and Marcus Stroman is one of the toughest competitors in baseball. He will talk to you. But this is a time when this this is 
a possible playoff matchup, depending on how things shake down in the NL East, which you you, you just don't know how that can go. But Marcus Stroman is the type of pitcher where this will be the bigger test for the lineup that we have seen uh, in the past few series, considering you've been going up against teams like the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, who don't necessarily have the greatest starting pitching. So uh, I I do think tonight is a very important game for them, as every game going forward is going to be a huge game for them. But man, just a huge win. And one thing, one thing that I haven't even mentioned, and one guy who I haven't even mentioned who gets way overlooked, in my opinion, but what a huge, huge outing for Jose Alvarez in this game coming in for Gosman. Hugh, or excuse me, in coming in for Jackson after Jackson only went uh, .1 innings and gave up a couple of hits. Huge out for Jose Alvarez as he came in a little earlier than expected and got the two outs that they needed to get out of the inning. Then Tony Watson came in and got the hold in the seventh. But Jose Alvarez was a huge part of of this game yesterday in the Giants' 7-5 win. So, really looking forward to tonight's game. But on the other side at 888-957-9570, want to continue to talk about Brandon Crawford, and then we will transition into Trey Lance talk, which just has not been fatiguing. 888-957-9570, that's the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. Stephen Lankford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in on anything today. And seeing as it is Tuesday and I haven't been here for the weekend, I'm sure you talked about, or I'm sure this was overlooked yesterday because of what happened with the 49ers and the Chiefs, and rightfully so. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570, if you're a Giants fan, how did you feel about the Brandon Crawford extension, the two-year, $32 million contract extension that Brandon Crawford got over the weekend? I need to get a pulse. This is what, this is, this is what I need here. You're, you're helping me. Okay, because I can only I can look on Twitter. I could try and get a, a, a read on it there, but Twitter in the end, there's just so many loudmouths. But I know that you, you're real, and you, the one that I'm talking to in the car right now, you're a real fan. And I want to know from you at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero how you felt about the two year thirty two million dollar contract extension for Brandon Crawford. But before we get to that, real quick. This report came out yesterday, and I'm very frustrated by it. I am disappointed is the is, is the word here. And I'm looking at Major League Baseball, and there are so many instances with Major League Baseball where you say, no, I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. You give them the parent thing. No, I'm not mad. I'm not mad at all. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Well, the same thing happened with Major League Baseball as I saw the report that the Cubs and the Reds are next up for the Field of Dreams game in 2022. And the Field of Dreams game happened before the White Sox and the Yankees on Thursday night. And I'm not going to get into it, but if you remember me and if you were listening on Thursday and and (laughs) you were listening to me on Thursday morning, you heard me completely just crap on it <laughs> you know thursday morning i was just like yeah yeah you know it chicago new york i mean what's the intrigue there i don't know field of dreams it's gonna be it's gonna be cool theater but do i really want to watch it well i was completely proven wrong completely on thursday night i watched it from damn near start to finish i was you know i was in uh, i was uh, i was off in between innings but look i i watched the beginning i thought the theater of theater of it was fantastic i thought the game itself was great all the home runs happening with aaron judge john carlos stanton then tim anderson closing everything out i thought the spectacle was unbelievable i i really thought major league baseball did a great job but now they gotta follow it up 
with the Chicago Cubs, who decided just to get rid of their entire franchise at the trade deadline, and then the Cincinnati Reds, who are on the up and up, and you know, I watched Joey Votto get his 2000th career hit yesterday, which was freaking awesome, and Nick Castellanos and Jesse Winker, they have turned out to be some fantastic players for the Reds, but Cubs versus Reds? Is that really what we're doing here? That's what we got to look forward to in 2022 for the Field of Dreams game? I'm, I'm wrong a lot, so it's probably going to end up being a fantastic game, and you know everything that they'll do surrounding it, uh, I'm sure, will be pretty great. I, I, I don't know what's next for them because you know I don't know if you could just bring Kevin Costner out of the field and have him stroll through the corn maze and look dramatically at the crowd and in, in, in wonderment. As the as the, as the White Sox come through, and and the Yankees as 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 a team as a unit come through the cornfield. I don't think I, I I don't know what they're gonna do next season in order to make it just as exciting. But bringing in the Chicago Cubs and the Cincinnati Reds, oh oh, did not like that. But. Let's transition here because as we are talking about a couple of teams in the White Sox and the Yankees that were hitting the crap out of the ball, the Giants were hitting the crap out of the ball in their 7-5 win over the New York Mets. And we talked about the depth. Chris Bryant saying the lineup is contagious. But here's one guy I didn't talk enough about in that first segment. He hits that one deep to right field. That one's going to whistle right over the head and off the bricks. Caroming away from Conforto. Longoria around third. He's going to come in to score. Crawford all the way to third. And standing with a triple. And a four for four night for Brandon Crawford. And he has put his average up to 306 on the season. And what Brandon Crawford has been doing this year is nothing short of incredible. As you include the 19 home runs and the 70 RBIs. And think about that. 19 home runs, and he's only had two or th- what? What? What is it? How? How many is it? Is it two or three since the beginning of July? No, it's just two since the beginning of July. Is how many home runs that he's hit? It's unbelievable. The fact that he has 19 and he had 17 before the month of July just so just shows how hot of a hitter he was. But. After earning his contract, his big contract, the $70 million deal uh, that he had leading up to this year in 2021, well, he got the two-year, $32 million extension, $16 million a year for the next couple of years, 2022 and 2023. Now, for me, when they gave him that contract, when they gave him the big one, everyone was wondering, what they gave him a six-year, $75 million deal, and this is going to start after 2015. This is going to start after they are the World Series team. And you're, you're just thinking, I don't know, they may have overpaid. And when it really started to kick in in 2018 and 2019, as well as 2020, when he was averaging $15 million a year and he was done uh, being the gold glove shortstop, you're just waiting for that contract to end. That's unfortunately where the Giants were at for a lot of the time. When it was, you know, Jeff Sabarja, uh, Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford, Johnny Cueto. Those were the guys where you're just waiting, waiting, waiting on the contract to end. And the contract was over in 2020. And you just felt, or in 2021, and you just felt... You know, this is probably Brandon Crawford's last season. But with the way that he's played this year, with how comfortable he's looked at the plate, and it's not like, you know, he's getting outside help because anytime you're looking at a player like this in Brandon Crawford, who quite frankly has just not uh, lived up to expectation with the bat prior to 2021, you're just thinking with Brandon Crawford, like, The numbers there, they don't match what he's being paid. But right now, with the way that he's playing, it's the new regime of coaches that has completely improved his swing and made him more comfortable at the plate. Watch every single one of his last... uh, Just go into MLB.com, search Brandon Crawford, look up any video you can of him with the RBIs that he's hit. 
because Brandon Crawford has looked so damn comfortable at the plate that in the next couple of years, can he keep this up to where he's a 300 hitter? Probably not. But I'm thinking that he'd be better than his career average. And for the 925, locking up a 34-year-old career 254 hitting Crawford as a Dodger fan, I love seeing it. But who's to say right now that Brandon Crawford isn't in the midst of one of those strange baseball careers which... Uh, kind of like Rich Hill uh, when he was with the A's, but strange baseball careers who just, they turn it back on in their 30s because they know that maybe their career is starting to come to a close and they need to play for their families, they need to play for more money and just for the love of the game. Maybe Brandon Crawford can be at that point because of this new coaching regime and uh, the the hitting coaches that they use the analytics have helped develop his swing Hunter Pence was on in the studio in the morning roast he's going to be back on today and I can't wait to hear him talk about it he's going to reiterate what he said but he talked about the science with the hitting that the Giants used to develop their players and how much it's affected Brandon Crawford. Who's to say that the two year, uh, the, the next two seasons, he can't do this again? And also, what he's been doing defensively. Kai Correa, the bench, the bench coach, as I continue to uh, just go back to every interview that the Morning Roast has ever done. But Kai Correa, the infield coach as well. The way that they train these guys is completely different than what we're used to, than what they've seen in the time when he was getting paid 15 mil a year and we're just waiting for that contract to end. It's, it's, it's changed dramatically. And if I had to choose, I mean, Buster Posey's got to be the same way. I know that he took the year off, but Buster Posey's looking damn good. Like, the, the coaching matters. And I think that in the next couple of years, I think you could be seeing a newer type of Brandon Crawford, and you could see him continue this into 2022 and 2023. It may be a little much at first glance, because I'm looking at it, and I'm just thinking, oof, you know, two years, $32 million. But if they manage to extend the contract for Chris Bryant next season, and you're going into that year with the left side of your infield for the next couple of years with Chris Bryant and Brandon Crawford, as you're waiting for guys like Marco Luciano and Elliot Ramos to make their way up and try to take over this new-look Giants team that we're expecting from the farm, I look at this deal and I just say, who who am I to say right now that Brandon Crawford is not deserving of it? Especially after what he's shown this year. And I know it's a, you know, those contracts that were given beforehand with the previous regime for the Giants was, you know, we we're giving it to them for the past, for what they've done in the past. But now I really think that this is a move where you're looking to the future and thinking, you know what, this is actually, this might be a move here that we can look at and just think, eh, the next couple of years he could keep this up. Look, I'm, I'm, and I'm also happy for Brandon Crawford. I like him a lot. I know, um, I, I do think that he needs to show a little more personality. I wish he did because of all the behind the scenes stories that you're hearing about how he's like the team's DJ and how into shoes and clothing and everything and being a Bay Area guy. I do wish that he showed a little more personality, but. What he's been doing on the field has been nothing short of miraculous this year. And just getting it done with the glove, too. He had a couple of big plays yesterday. That bang-bang one. It's just that bang bang one at first, where you know he's he he's charging in on the ball, and he knows that he has very little time because it's a slow roller, and he throws a strike to first. I forgot who it was, but I saw that yesterday. I'm just like, man. I mean, we we've always appreciated Brandon Crawford. I think I don't believe it when anyone says like we've underrated Brandon Crawford's defense these, this entire time that he's been with the Giants. Like I don't believe I don't buy that. I actually think that we know how good of a defender he is, but he has shown it every single day this year. And and really, I can't wait to watch the game tonight. I just can't against Marcus Stroman, against a guy who was an all-star uh, at, at one point in time over there in Toronto, and a guy who's incredibly competitive. Can't wait to watch this game tonight. All right, 888-957-9570 is the text line and the phone number. If you want to... <laughs> 
if you want to weigh in on anything today. From the 510, this is why I'm laughing. Who remembers eating kudos, though? Hey, what are you talking about? The kudos bars? Dude, those are... Oh, I'm looking that up right now. The kudos granola. Oh, my goodness. Do they still have kudos bars anymore? I'd have that every morning. You know, it was always like, you know, whenever I went to the grocery store with my mom, I'm always like, hey, don't get the Nutri-Grain bar. Get the kudos bar. <laughs> get the kudos, please. What a random text that just made my day. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. What did you think of Trey Lance? Just like over the weekend, like I didn't get the opinion uh, about Crawford's contract before, besides just looking at Twitter. I want to know from you, what did you think of Trey Lance's debut? And does this change your mind at all if you don't think that he's going to be starting going into the season? What do you think? 888-957-9570. Because John Lynch spoke on the Dim Kawakami podcast and had a lot of thoughts regarding Trey Lance and says that Garoppolo... Still is the guy. We'll get to that. And also, I have some other thoughts on the game and just overall on the defense as well. So we'll get to that. 888-957-9570. Who remembers eating kudos, though? That's the text of the day. No one's beating that on 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Oh. <laughs> so, turns out, 510, I was wrong. You didn't just randomly text in about eating kudos. You texted in earlier, and it's something I missed, saying Crawford adapted to the Coppler saga. All we've seen so far is this group bring back players. It's unbelievable. Kudos to the new regime. And then you followed up by saying, who remembers eating kudos, though? Okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> Still a great text. That second one is a lot better than the first one. I'm just kidding. It's a great one, the first one. But I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. Before we get to John Lynch, 49ers GM, who joined the Tim Kawakami podcast, uh, the TK Show, part of the Athletic Network, we will uh, get to that. But I want to know from you, how would you feel about Trey Lance's debut? Has it swayed your opinion at all? If you... Happen to think that Garoppolo should start the season? Do you still think Garoppolo should start the season? Do you think Trey Lance should start the season? Have you thought Trey Lance should start the season the entire time? But maybe, seeing as he went 5 of 14, maybe he shouldn't start. I want to know from you at 888-957-9570. But we do have one of my favorite callers in the morning and really... Any one of you could be my favorite caller because I don't get that many. But Duriel in San Jose wanted to weigh in. What's going on, Duriel? Nice! Woo! God! What's up, dude? The bottom line is this. Hey, man, the bottom line is this, Jimmy G. We've been fair to you. You know, we rolled out the red carpet for you and everything. And, and you got a taste of seeing what it's like to beat Joe Montana. You got a little taste. You haven't won the Super Bowl like Joe Montana. And now it's time to go. Oh my, Joe Montana, you got to play like Tom Brady did in the Super Bowl every single game this season. There ain't no losing two back-to-back. We need 14-2, you know, 14-3 or whatever. You know, we can live with 14-3, 13-4. But you got to go out there and you got to be MVP from start to finish. You got to be nothing but touchdowns, nothing but 100-yard games for our receivers. Yeah, George Kittle, you're going to be happy with Jimmy G. You're going to lay for Penn State there. Because you're the only one that he manages to get the ball to. But it can't be like that no more. And everything, because we got your back up. And if this was a game of Madden, this wouldn't be no question about this. Trey Lance will be starting. But this is not a game of Madden. And we're a class organization. And we're going to be fair to you, Jimmy. We're going to give you a chance to right the wrongs and prove all the status wrong and earn your keep here. Because you haven't lived up to your end of the deal. You come here and win the Super Bowl like Joe Montana in 1990, and you blow out whoever's there at the end, mm-hmm. take pressure off of our defense, and stop making our defense win the game all the time because you're getting people hurt because they play too much, just like Kaepernick. So if you want to do a Tyler Kaepernick, you can save the Buffalo Bills. You don't get to lose Super Bowls around here like Jim Kelly and be loved. You're going to get ran out of town. 
All right, Duriel, appreciate the phone call. We need Duriel to <laughs> have that pep talk at the ensuring the next preseason game in week two. <laughs> Just in front of the two quarterbacks when Garoppolo and Lance and Sudfeld. By the way, excuse me, the chair there going crazy. Here's how, before, we got a couple of callers here. We're getting way more uh, than we normally do in the morning because that's what happens when you got a, a rookie quarterback like Trey Lance. But here is my experience. So I didn't have a chance to watch the game on Saturday. I was preoccupied. I ended up uh, watching it all in full yesterday, and I was just looking at the uh, I was just looking at the updates as time was going on because I just wasn't near TV. What are you supposed to do? You know, it just happens. But uh, I was I was I was watching on Twitter, and I get the notification: Trey Lance gets an eighty yard touchdown. I was like, dude. I was like, oh my gosh, everyone's gonna be going insane. <laughs> I was, I, I really did laugh. Like I looked at it, I was just like, oh my goodness. And then I watched the highlight, saw the throw, saw him roll out to his left, managed to look downfield, had an open IUK, uh, crossing uh, over toward the sideline, but then threw it over to Trent Sherfield, threw a wobbly pass, but nevertheless, it was a dart across field, which traveled in the air 43 yards. And I saw that and I'm just thinking, damn. He really did that. He really had, he really did that at Levi Stadium to get the fan base going as crazy as they're already going for him. And then he followed it up, uh, by getting sacked four times. And it was just uh, a horrible showing for the offensive line, in my opinion. That, that backup offensive line, you've seen that in practice. Whenever he was running with, uh, running along with the twos and they were going, uh, 11 on 11. When he was going in practice, you knew that backup offensive line just wasn't getting it done because there were multiple times when uh, the plays that they were running, you're just thinking, oh yeah, he would have been sacked for sure. But what I saw in that game yesterday um, was just... uh, uh, (laughs) Look... I go back and forth a lot when it comes to preseason because, after all, it is preseason, right? I I mean, he look, there's no denying it. The numbers that he put up were not great numbers, statistically, when you're watching it. Of course not. But then if you watch the game and you factor in the drops that came into play, sure, there are a couple of errant throws here and there, and ones where maybe he could have made a quicker decision or made a decision to break out of the pocket, even though Kyle Shanahan said after the game that that's not what their plan was at all. But the one thing for me is, and I saw that throw, and I'm just thinking, all right, everything that they've been talking about in practice, it all culminated into that one play. But the way that he was taking the hits and how confident he was in getting right back up, because... We've seen how quarterbacks can perform when they're not under pressure. When Tom Brady is in the Super Bowl and he had the performance like he had in the second half of the NFC Championship game, you're thinking, man, if if the Chiefs get any pressure on him at all, there's no chance that the Buccaneers, that he can win this game for the Buccaneers if they get into his face. Turns out that the Chiefs pressured him less than any quarterback had ever been pressured in the Super Bowl at all. And we saw the performance that he had. But for Trey Lance, when he was facing adversity, I thought he handled it very well. Now, did he look like... I, I, I said after the draft, I said if you trade that much stock to get a guy at three, your quarterback at three, and the one waiting is Jimmy Garoppolo, I'm saying start the guy. Just rip the Garoppolo band-aid off. Because everyone is saying Garoppolo gives them the best chance to win. Garoppolo's the starter, blah, blah, blah. I get all that. And I respect everything that he did in 2019. But it just feels like it's so, it's just inevitable. And I do think that Garoppolo will be the starter come week one. I do think he will be. I'm not going to necessarily agree with it. But I do think the next two weeks are going to show you a lot uh, with Trey Lance and whether he will uh, start this season. And before we get to uh, what John Lynch had to say on the TK show, we do have a caller on the line. And since I don't have a call screener, you are up and on the air. What is your name and where are you calling from? Hey, what's going on, nice guy? Steven Tomas from San Jose. What's up, dude? 
Hey, uh, Doriel was fired up, man. I like that energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he actually gave a take on the relevant topic instead of you know one time when I'm talking about Starling Marte, he was giving a take on Draymond Green and how much he doesn't like him. But anyway, nevertheless, Tomas, go ahead. Um, so I, I'm kind of on both sides of Trey Lance. Um, I think Trey Lance looked good at times. Um, like uh, you pretty much touched on everything I was going to talk about, like in the in the point of. Shanahan not want him to roll out of the pocket or scramble at all because there was that there was times where it was like run the ball Lance run the ball that's what we got you for you know you're that dual threat quarterback get out of the pocket extend that play and then you know obviously that that second and third O line is kind of faulty you know they they can't they can't block worth of crap that's why they're on right. the second and third team um, you know Trey Lance I think like like Shanahan always has that this is what I want you to do kind of. A, not in a way as a statue quarterback, but, you know, he's more stay in the pocket, you know, go through your reads, hit, you know, hit your reads. Uh-huh. His wide receivers didn't give him any help either, dropping these balls. You know, Richie James had that one on the sideline. River uh, Craycraft had one, yep. The drop. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, I think Ayuk just got too excited. He to <laughs> yeah, yeah. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That, fir- that first one, too, it's just like, man, if he would have completed that. But anyway, keep going. Yeah, but, um, Right now, I still think Jimmy should be the starter just because Jimmy has the experience in the NFL. Um, Trey Lance, I mean, you like you said, it's preseason. You know, you know, you can't really grade off of preseason because you're going against twos and threes and people that are still trying to even make the practice squad. Um, if you're if you're really gonna you know evaluate him, I say throw him out to the wolves. But you you also don't want to do that and jeopardize you know your franchise. You, you spend all that capital to get him at number three. So, I mean, honestly, it's up to Shanahan. I think both guys would do great in the offense, but um, just protecting that franchise, protecting, you know, your assets, I would definitely throw Garoppolo out in the beginning. You know, he knows the offense. He knows, I mean, when he does, you know, when he is on his A game, most of the time he is. Um, that's where I'm at right now. Okay. All right, thanks for the phone call. And, and and it's going to be interesting at the beginning of the season because I do think that confidence with a rookie quarterback plays a huge role in everything. And if you're starting out the first two games against two defenses, that couldn't be more opposite in the Detroit Lions, whose defense has just been deteriorating really it, for my entire life. <laughs> like, like, I'm 28 years old. I can't even remember a good Lions defense. And, you know, obviously you can, can go back to the Indomitian Sioux days or whatever. But nevertheless, the Lions defense, not great. Whereas the Eagles, they're going to put pressure on you no matter what. As long as they got, you know, guys like Brandon Graham, a part of that defensive line, they're always going to put pressure on you. And I do think confidence plays a huge role. If you do start Trey Lance week one, I got no doubt in... In, in, in my mind, that he will show out against the uh, against the Lions, but then the following week he'd be playing more of a, a, a real type of defense against the Eagles. But I, I, I do think that's interesting, though, that Kyle Shanahan decided to keep him in the pocket so as to not give away too much to everyone else. Because you, know, like, 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 you have the Bears and the Dolphins, and you know everything that Justin Fields could do just solely based off of that game. <laughs> because Justin Fields was showing everything that he could do in that game, whether it was scrambling, passing, whatever it was, he 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 did everything in that one. But Trey Lance, they're they're hiding it, and I do think um, that's an interesting strategy. And it just it shows me that okay, if he's not the starter week one, fine. But it is inevitable that he will be coming in this season if they're already trying to hide what he can do instead of trying to build his confidence in the preseason. But also. We'll see what happens next week. There's still two more weeks to go of this damn thing. And, you know, I forgot what it's like with preseason football. It's just, you know, didn't have it last year. And this year, you're just sitting there. You're waiting. You're thinking, all right, this isn't really uh, an actual game. I'm not going to analyze this too much. But what but what Trey Lance showed, what he showed to me was a lot of poise in the way that he was getting back up from the hits that he was taking, which were not easy hits to take, by the way. I thought he was very impressive in that regard. 
But John Lynch, he joined the TK Show, the Tim Kawakami podcast, 49ers general manager. And this is what he said in terms of what he needs to see from Trey Lance. I think the thing that has impressed us with Trey is his poise, his presence. He's a very poised athlete. Obviously, you don't pick a guy that high if he doesn't have the goods. And so he's a he's a natural passer. He moves very well. He, he does a lot of things well. But you want to see, OK, when the lights come on, uh, how's he going to respond? And, you know, I think it was a mixed bag. He did. He obviously made some plays. He showed his arm talent. He did all those things well. I think Kyle mentioned it. And, and you know, you can see it on the tape. And Kyle and I watch a lot of things together and and we did and and you know a lot of the strides he's made in terms of some of the fundamental things that we've asked him to work on he reverted a little and that's not that's not reason for panic it's a natural thing it happens to a lot of players and so to be able to coach that to be able to recognize that coach it and say hey the end result was pretty good but look at how much better it can be and so now he has tangible things to work on and, and, you know, everything that he showed, it showed a lot of promise. And I do wonder, because in 2019, that was the draft of the pass rusher. 2019, which included, you know, guys like Nick Bosa and Quinnen Williams. The Raiders drafted Cleland Furl with the fourth overall pick for some reason. It was the year of the pass rush. 2020, it was the draft of the wide receiver. It was the Justin Jeffersons. It was the Chase Claypools. It was the Michael Pittmans. All those different guys. It was the year of the rookie wide receiver. And after seeing the preseason, seeing Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields and Trey Lance, obviously, this is the draft of the quarterback. And I wonder what his time, when his time will come, because 2019, Nick Bosa made an immediate impact. 2020, Brandon Ayuk proved that he can be the number one receiver. 2021, the question remains. But I do think that uh, this is going to be an interesting season uh, for the 49ers and what they could do uh, with Trey Lance. From the 415, you make an interesting point. I think if Trey Lance had played football in the last year, he would easily be the starter. I believe Shanahan will pepper him in the first few games to get him used to live bullets. Then he will take Jimmy G's spot once he gets acclimated to the speed. I mean, man, if you're just like if you're just peppering him in, I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know. Last year, the fact that he didn't play besides in a in a spring game and he really hadn't had anything other than uh, what he did in 2019 maybe he would have been the starter right away had he played last season but also do you want to do you want to sit him a f- another full year and give him not much playing time and pepper him in because if you're just peppering in a player, that's not going to get you, get you used to NFL speed. What's going to get you used to NFL speed is if you play every snap. And 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 Garoppolo, look, I respect Garoppolo, and everyone's going crazy by the way for Garoppolo and the way that he's you know handled everything on the sideline. I'm thinking, okay. Great, he's cheering for Trey Lance, but look, this dude is trying to get another job because he knows Trey Lance is going to be taken over at some point. Like, of course he's going to act like a great teammate. We don't know what Jimmy G's really thinking. Of course he's going to put a smile on his face and want the team to win just because that's who Garoppolo is. And I'm always fully convinced that no matter who the quarterback is, even outside of Jimmy Garoppolo, we'll never really see what they fully feel because they just don't want to reveal anything. We do have another caller on the line. What is your name and where are you calling from? This is uh, Eric from Oakland. Eric from Oakland. You're always one of my favorites, man. What's going on? I want to know your thoughts on Trey Lance because you, Eric, were on this program when I'm asking, who do you think the 49ers should take at three? And I'm thinking, is it Mac Jones? Is it Justin Fields? But you were always saying, Eric, that Trey Lance is the guy. What did you think of his first preseason game? Uh, I have mixed feelings, but uh, really fast. I want Duriel with me, man, in the alley walking down on my side, bro. He gives me, like, thoughts of, like, Devo. You know what I mean? Like, he's so messed with that guy. I wonder what he looks like in real life. The guy just brings it. He's upset all the time, you know? Yeah, uh, I, yeah. You know, I, I love his I love his, his uh, emotion. But on to the uh, Trey Lance um, 
So I was at the game. I was sitting up there in 325 in the end zone, and I recorded every single one of his snaps. And, you know, it's hard for me to judge him right now playing with the backups. Um, he had some uh, spectacular plays that, you know, we kind of ex- uh, expected, but he also had some oh-no you know, throws like those two would have been picks and uh, the two throws over the middle. Right. I think he just, uh, he, he led the receivers too much on those plays. But considering he hasn't, you know, played in a while, I, you know, I'd give him like a B minus, uh, you know, and, um, but what do I expect from him? This is what I really think, you know, Shanahan, when he put him in the game, I, I believe he had some particular things for him to work on. Uh, staying in the pocket, like we said, not running around and just, you know, Seeing what what you know what he has against the twos, the threes, even though he he, he played against you know the, the the ones for a little bit there, what I expect is going to happen with him is they're going to have some packages for him, goal line packages or whatever it is, just to to get him in there during the season. And if there's going to be a change, I think the best time, considering that our bye week is pretty early this year, I think the best time for for them to do it is right after the bye week where you could actually instill a game plan for him. He gets some reps with the one because otherwise leading up to that game, he's always going to be playing that, you know, in practice that, that, that other quarterback, you know, he's going to be, he's going to be, you know, uh, uh, Russell Wilson for the defense. Mm. One week. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers for the defense one week. You know, he's going to be that, that, um, uh, what do you, what do you call the extra, you know, like in a movie, that's what it's going to be leading up to that. So I suspect, you know, after the bye week is when, if, I mean, Garoppolo, you know, plays well and he's healthy and we don't have any issues, I think after the bye week is our, is our best chance to see this kid. He's an absolute stud. His demeanor is amazing. He commands the huddle. He's high-fiving all the players coming in and out, you know, whether it's uh, special teamers. It doesn't matter. The guy is electric. I just, I, you know, I got to contain my emotions here, you know, because mm-hmm. I don't want to burn this kid early. So right. that's how I feel about it. Appreciate your phone call, Eric. Eric's been on the Trey Lance train for uh, a majority of, actually, the entire time. Ever since before the draft, he's been calling in here. Uh, but look, I wish I had more time. We got the morning roast coming up with Bonte and Joe, but I do want to say this. The next preseason game, and I'm not only excited to see Lance and what else he can do, but Talanoa Hufanga, I think they got something with that guy. I really do. And I have one more final thought here before I get to the break and before we get to the morning roast with Bonte and Shasky. Nate Sudfeld, here was my thought. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly 